This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, Community Radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... It's a great day for wrestling, everyone. Welcome back to The Only Show, hosted by people who don't hate wrestling, especially not wrestling from last millennium. Absolutely. So today we're going to be talking about uh, Survivor Series 1999, and this in many ways was a hallmark show that laid down a lot of milestones in wrestling and a lot of storyline anchor points that get referenced to years and years later, which I was not aware of going into this pay-per-view. So this was another great selection on kind of our journey through the end of the Vince Russo era and now to pay-per-views that he wasn't writing for. Absolutely. So don't worry, folks, if you haven't checked out the show beforehand, please do on the channel. Um, It's it definitely is something. Uh, Don't worry, there's no no horrible mean AEW here. It's all good WWE. That's all what you should be watching. Dave, this is what I said. I said the, the most important time to be a wrestling fan or to be aware of as a wrestling fan is from 1999 SummerSlam to around the end of this period, to about 2000 in uh, 2000's Royal Rumble because like so much happens that has left an indebitable mark in WWE to this day happens at this point it's like the most important period of wrestling i would argue probably ever because we're still living of the impact of it like things things that happen on this show as you said are still brought up to this day so a few things aren't but (laughs) one specifically isn't oh my that is the line of the night and i can't even share it and i think Maybe you know. Uh, we'll get to it. We'll get to really it. We'll, we'll get to oh it. Oh my gosh. We'll get to it. But wow, inter- that caught me off guard. But what's interesting about this is, right? We have a debut of a WWE Hall of Famer, TNA Hall of Famer. Mm. Uh, you know, absolutely. You know, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Still, didn't know it. Did not know day. that was happening on this pay per view. Um, it also has. You know, we're talking, of course, about Sean Stasiak. Of course, meat as he would be known. Um. Uh, but it has like just some really really strange matches and setup and i remember watching this because as a kid obviously my grandmother uh would record all these for me um and i watched them like after school the day before the day after whatever and i remember watching this one a lot and just been like i hate survivor series and i always hate survivor series because i even up until this point and before it, when I'd watched them, I never liked Survivor Series. I never thought it was interesting. I never had like the love for the traditional Survivor Series matches, um, particularly in the in the mid nineties. But even at this point, I was like, I really hate this. Considering the fact that the rest of it was so good, and the year before it was, um, was uh, what's it called the tournament, the the tournament that happens. What I can't remember. Deadly Game, the Deadly Game tournament, which I don't think you've seen, Dave. You will see it. Don't worry, it will make sense. Um, Sounds like was, a Jennifer Lawrence movie, quite frankly. No, it, it's it's a re, it's basically the origin of the corporate champion, The Rock, and the origin of people's elbows about that. It's actually mm. we will get to it. It's really important. But anyway, because of that, I was like, oh, are they going to do this? Again? And he didn't. And I was just you know disappointed as a kid, just been like, oh, we're back to this traditional garbage, you know. And I still kind of hate the Survivor Series matches, guys. I'm not going to lie to you. They should have just fan. they should have just done war games like. Uh, NXT got the right idea to do war games and Gary's probably screaming somewhere because he just knows he's like oh Dara's talking about war games again <laughs> I, know, I know Gary is always a big fan of uh, the Survivor Series matches but for me I just never liked them I just you know I really personally boring. think that any wrestling pay-per-view that has the word war in it is worth watching World War 3 war games <laughs> but no I, I think I'd also um what they do now where you have like kind of brand versus brand and then they had bragging rights. Remember that year where you had the same yes, pay-per-view? Yes, I do yeah. like that. I actually do like I when it's SmackDown I, versus Raw in the yeah, Survivor but, Series. But I think it's when it's for something, it makes sense. For example, Raw versus SmackDown um, 
for something like the right. winner gets the championship or the winner gets a trophy that makes more sense than just bragging rights because that's just silly it's like what's that even right because then yeah and then they made a whole pay-per-view out of bragging rights that was actually better than survivor series yeah you're so, right so. What, what is kind of the point of winning survivor series now they were making a big deal out of being the lone survivor something on this pay-per-view yeah but, what, yeah, but that's, what, i didn't know why they yeah really... that, yeah it didn't go anywhere it's like okay if the if the winner had of what like at the overall survivor right they get like a championship or they get like a title mm. shot or something then you're like okay cool but if you're just so what you're <laughs> you didn't well the know. way they had the logo designed and i'm going to date myself here but i actually thought that okay this must have come out at the same time as the first season of Survivor had its big success, because that you're, you know, you're fighting to be the lone survivor and get your logo, but that actually wasn't until like about a year after this. So there goes that brilliant yeah, idea no. that I had. But the no. logo is kind of similar. The whole theme is kind of similar, but I don't know. I, but I did think there were way too many Survivor Series matches on this card. There were four. This one well, stick, three, but there were this, four. This one sticks with me the most because I remember, you know, obviously just the disappointment of straight Survivor Series matches. But then... Oh, they, was, they blend together. They do. It's a very, very kind of forgettable pay-per-view. But then again, it's not because it has these big punctuation moments and these big events that get referenced years down the line. So yes. where do you, so where do you want to start with this day? Because like, well, how about the beginning of the card, Dara? Okay, we can start there. <laughs> <laughs> and block. So yeah, n- next week I'm gonna just randomly break out a show that you haven't seen, and we're gonna talk about it again. Just yeah. please do. <laughs> and hey, post it while you're at it. Absolutely. Um, okay, so the. The show opened up with a traditional Survivor Series match. D'Lo Brown, the Godfather, and the Headbangers, who were still around at this point, they disappear at some. Forgot they were. Forgot they were. Yeah, yeah. A lot of hoes in this match, by the way. A lot of hoes. Well, that was the whole point, wasn't it? Because it was such a big, there's such a mass of humanity. And then, well, that that needs to be addressed, though. There were a lot of hoes in this match. And okay, so for people who may have not seen the show or may not be aware of what a hoe is in this context, please explain. Right. So the Godfather had his floozies, and they were called hoes, and they came with him to the ring, and they were usually locally hired strippers, legitimately. <laughs> if you no no legitimately. Really? So um, I mean maybe I don't know. Well, see, I think they got okay. them off Craigslist. Can I just say they weren't floozies? They're oh right, because floozies were. <laughs> Floozies are like, you know, what Chris Jericho's uh, Curtis. He was a floozy. Right, right, of course. These are right. working girls. These are, well, no, because working that, no, they, they're, these are just, these are just dancing girls. <laughs> they're not working girls. There's a difference, Dara. Excuse me. How dare I? I don't How want you I? to insult one old profession for one almost as old profession. <laughs> anyway, I interrupt. Continue. Right. So why did you throw this to me? We've covered this on this show like five times. We've talked about the Godfather for multiple weeks. The point is he brought a lot of hoes with him to the ring and JR was really into them. That's <laughs> because there was like eight dudes in the match. Like you had to bring one for each and then move so brought for like four. Brought, brought like four. Jerry Lawler had a really creepy line <laughs> about the one in blue. And I'm like, yeah. I, it was bad. It was well, Jerry Lawler being Jerry Lawler at his Jerry Lawlerist on this interview. Did you write it down? Uh, I didn't write it down, but it was something. I'm not saying it. Okay, fair. I, I want you to say it. I want your mom to walk in your room again. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say, man. It's just, you know. Something uh, about helping her out of her lovely attire. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Isn't it, um, it was as long as The point is, there were like. Five of them? Four or five of them? They could have been their own Survivor Series team. This could have been a three-way, quite frankly. It could have been a three. <laughs> so anyway, the Dudleys. Actually, and also the, it was pretty funny with the Hose and Bubba Ray. I think they made a big thing out of that as well. Funny with the Hose and Bubba Ray. And can we give Tim White a shout-out for his dancing at the end of this match? He had a great time. He was. This is before he was suicidal. Yes. The whole gimmick. <laughs> which was not a good gimmick. So obviously the Poor gimmick. I'm glad we started to show off with this, by the way. You suggested it. I mean, uh, I don't know why you threw it to me. 
So D'Lo Brown and the Godfather and the Headbangers won the match, which was kind of weird, but it kind of made sense. It made everyone kind of happy. The acolytes still weren't like the friendly acolytes that everybody liked the APA yet. That wasn't a thing. Right. So they is were... that a Nokian on their chest? I'm assuming it is based on... Yeah, it's it, it's supposed to be, you know, from the the satanic stuff that they were doing. Well, actually, that wouldn't be satanic. That would have no, been... No, but yeah, but that was... Angelic. That was, yeah, but that was the... Let's get our occult history correct here. Fair. They're, 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 occult sim- they're occultic symbols anyway. But, um, you know, they're just... I'm curious as to what it said. I don't think they even know what it says. If, <laughs> do you think they just did the pattern? Because that's a shame. Because I do have a book somewhere, like, somewhere, that actually has the meanings. Not right. for their... Like, I'd have to actually look it up individually, but I'm curious if it... If somebody on staff actually was like, we're going to write something that makes sense, or if they're just like, this looks pretty. I would heavily lean towards the second one. Okay. But if you guys do know, let us know in the comments below, because that would be pretty cool. Can you imagine uh, painting your chest for several years with symbols and somebody coming up to you being like, so what did that mean? And you were just like, APA? Did people get tattoos that they don't know what they mean? So, come on. Like, people be people. People be people. So, <laughs> I would, I w- you know, it just is what it is at this point. But if anyone does know, let us know because that would be cool. And, uh, yeah, so the Dudleys obviously weren't super over you. And the Acolytes were just kind of floating. So it kind of made sense. The next match was interesting because Kurt Angle showed up. And he defeated Stansasiak in one of the most disappointed matches ever. This is uh, one of the worst debuts I've ever seen. That was very well wrestled. It was a good match. but Here's my problem so with it. Sean Stasiak looks way too good. And I'm not but, saying that like to be funny. Like Sean Stasiak comes off way too competent against, quote unquote, the only real athlete in the WWE. They build him up as, you know... Kurt Angle being the, you know, the gold medal champion that he actually was. And then to see somebody stand his ground against him, it should have been a three-minute squash match. What happened? Well, they didn't know what to do when you had to play for time. You also didn't know if Kurt Angle would be any good yet. So they're like, okay, go out there and just you have five minutes. And it's a five-minute match. You know, and again, like, what's Kurt Angle actually going to do, you know, at this point? Like, I'll, tell you was- what. I'll tell you what he did. He was fast, man. He was. He was fast on those counters when he would spin around to throw on the arm locks and such. Holy cow, I forgot how good young Kurt Angle was. We we haven't done the show on it yet, but this, I mean, it really made me think of that 2005 match he had against Brock Lesnar over in Japan when just both of them soaring at a speed that you forgot that they were capable of when we look at them from... 2020 hindsight and 2020 the year I don't know. hindsight. I was, I was watching something from TNA the other day, and it was when he did the the flip off the top of the cage. No, no, he just he did a run and flip. I think it was onto AJ. I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> he would do a lot of somersaults. Yeah, and this but then like, he also did moonsaults off of steel cages. He did some like, crazy stuff in TNA. And this was 2011. Actually, the best match I've ever seen in my life. Was not not to go too far off topic, but well, the best match I've ever seen in my life was a house match in Dublin between AJ Styles and Kurt Angle that went on for an hour. I buy it. It was unbelievable, like absolutely amazing. You know, but anyway, um, yeah, this match was super good. I I think it served its purpose. <laughs> <laughs> it served its purpose, but it didn't do anything for Kurt Angle. Like it. After I mean, his... You know what, though? I will say this. He was good on his mic. He was good on the mic for it being his first appearance in front of a pay-per-view crowd and mm-hmm. a live crowd to be able to get out of the match and cut a quick promo, even though they didn't have the volume for the mic up. But, you know, what but you see, do? they wouldn't know what to do with him until Royal Rumble. 2000, 2000 is when it starts getting more... He gets settled in and he starts working with Jericho. That's when it really clicks, and then they start working with Benoit. So it was what it was for me. Looking back, and even now, I'm like, okay, it was a good match, but it was silly. I had no build; it was just there. 
So. Yeah, it was disappointing. It was kind of cool, though, to hear Kurt Angle's music without the fans chanting, you suck. Because I'm curious at what point they started doing that. So they I'm going to enjoy this after build. It, after, it, after you had his feud with Edge. Edge? That, who, yeah. Well, we'll get to. Yeah, so basically that feud was over a shampoo commercial in Japan. And Edge challenged Kurt to a hair versus hair match. Right, 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 right. And that's where I came from, so... Well, okay. if I, I'm going to forget to say it later because that's the kind of awesome host I am. Edge's Spears looked phenomenal in his oh, early career and on this pay-per-view in particular, much better than they look 10, 15 years down the line, I have to say. Much more believable to me. Also, that uh, that's five series match is probably the best one of the night as well. So, But obviously with the people, but we'll get to that. Okay, Gangrel, Mark Henry, Steve Blackman, Val Venus defeated the British Bulldog and the Main Street Posse. This would be British, dog, British Bulldog's last match in WWE, I believe, on pay-per-view. Um, I think so, timeline-wise, that makes he, sense. Ooh, he does, he ooh, does not look good in this match. This was not a good match for anyone involved. No, I just mean, he had, you know how at the end of Hogan's final, final, final run, he just had this really brown, leathery look to him? Yeah, that's what Bulldog looked like as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not, not healthy. I think there was a lot of filler, a lot of filler in this show. Yeah, there was uh, a lot of collagen. And, oh, oh, you, oh, you. <laughs> and I think a lot of it is just because, there's a lot of silicone too. While we're talking about filler on this show, well, we'll get oh, to are that. we? Are we? Did we get to it, or was that during the Ho Train? It could go either way, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely, but yeah. I no, I think it. You know, it was what it was. So the next one. Next match we have is oh god, the eight woman tag team match. So Deborah, the fabulous Mueller, Mae Young, Tori defeated Ivory, Jacqueline, Luna, and Terry Reynolds. So this was wait, 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 Mm -mm. wait. How are you? What is wrong with you tonight? Why? Seriously, are you just gonna keep skipping everything that's important? What did I miss? Prior to this match is one of the greatest backstage segments in the history of WWE, and that is good old Michael Cole going into the Divas locker room for an interview. <laughs> okay, yeah, I did forget that one. <laughs> oh, creepy Michael Cole. I don't understand it. It comes out of left field. Um, for those who didn't see the pay-per-view, basically, um, was it Tori? I think it was Tori, right? Yeah, it was Kane's. So, and I guess this kind of fit into the whole weird Kane not being liked by Jerry Lawler thing, which we'll get to in a bit. But so Tori being T- Kane's girlfriend at the time tries to get Michael Cole to, you know, help her out with some body lotion, tells him to come back after the match to, to lick it off or something. Very peculiar. Michael Cole's mm-hmm. in his backstage role. I didn't get this segment at all. <laughs> Don't know. But like, see the problem with late 90s WWE is I'm still trying to make the storylines make sense because in my head, I can still tie it into a bigger storyline. That's some weird subplot of like a soap opera happening. Well, remember, like uh, Russo wasn't writing this now. So a lot of this is kind of flowing. And that's the problem mm-hmm. with this until about... Royal Rumble 2000 when someone actually new takes over and has some kind of consistency so a lot of weird stuff happens at this point so just bear that in mind that it probably means nothing because oh. I don't think they ever brought it up again <laughs> oh but still good attempt did you point, I mean that was a good attempt effort. by me to bring bring full circle points like Kane, Lawler Cole I don't know this is more attention <laughs> than any show has given it that yeah, possible I'd, connection probably ever alright we'll continue so this match was awful. Um, yes. Mae Young and Moolah, I have no idea why they were wrestling. Because at this point, they had used them so much as comedy. It just right. made sense to, to bring them in. And, I feel and then, bad for them. They got used very well in the mid-2000s because there was a certain level of respect, I guess, that we had for them, which I guess you wouldn't have had if not for this exactly. as a modern fan. So exactly. I understand. That's- that's but exactly Lawler what it is. is cruel. Yeah, but this is Lawler being his most Lawleriest. This was Lawler at his most Lawleriest. I will. So, like, literally, like, this is like peak Lawler. And, and Luna, Luna, my goodness, that hairstyle. Next, next, next pay per view 
in the timeline, it's even worse. <laughs> like Lawler. No, Lawler gets. Because we'll get. No, no, you'll see why. I don't want to ruin yeah. it, but you'll see why. Lawler gets so. Oh man, it's it's all. Is he, is he? So anyway, so anyway, this went. Moolah somehow beat Ivory. Yep. To win this match, that happened. Yep. <laughs> it did happen. I don't know. I'm I'm really sad that I missed out on Ivory. Hey man, you know we're. It's called a rewind. We're gonna go back, and there's a lot more Ivory coming up. So. Well, I, I'd kind of like to see early Ivory. She's kind of hitting the point where I'm not as interested. Yeah, well, we're going back. Don't worry. We're go- we're, no, we, we will be going back. A lot back. of time travel in this episode. We are the John Teeters of wrestling <laughs> coverage. Absolutely. Um, okay. But after Kane, this match was um, Lawler's line of the night. Oh, go on. Was, yeah, oh, no. Line. Well, I'm not going to say it. But it was uh, <laughs> it was in the Kane vs. X-Pac match. And oh, yes. Yes, yes, it was. Yes, yes it, was. it was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and my Jerry God, Lawler yeah. referred to Kane as the big red R-word. And yeah. I was taken aghast. I forgot about that. You're right. That was horrific. I Can- was really, really shocked. Cancel Lawler. <laughs> 2020. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's not horrific. the worst thing that Lawler does on this show. No. As I said, it, it's this show it's- and the next show are the most Lawlerist Lawler. And I can't believe this. Uh, look, obviously, we say a lot of stuff in jest, but <laughs> his commentary is reprehensible. <laughs> his commentary... When does Terry Ronalds come out? She she hasn't come out yet, right? Oh no, she was out already. She was in the match. Oh, okay. So I need to set this up. You need to you need to understand how much Jerry Lawler went insane for Terry Ronalds in this match, mm. and and he did it. You know, when the Hardys were out there later, just just you you have to watch this pay per view and pay attention to how hard he goes in. For Terry Runnels, because it gets so much creepier when we'll get yeah. to a later match. Yeah, he needs to like obviously you know twenty years ago these are notes for you, Jerry. You don't care as a millionaire, but uh, <laughs> it's just yeah. Where were we? Were we? It, it's just like okay, man. Like the fact he got away with it is amazing. The fact that nobody like remembers it is even more incredible. So it's just like, but when it happens, you're like, oh my god. When you go, all the all the people remember is he said puppies a lot. Yeah, it's like no, he said a lot worse. But oh to be goodness. fair, to be fair, the signs are just as bad. Yes, so, the fans. Like, but but would I think Lawler is the cause of the signs? Probably, yeah, because it's just like he's an enabler. <laughs> he's I didn't realize nothing. that the fans were also chanting puppies and everything else. Oh, they should, they should and they showed worse. So it's like I suppose it was again. Obviously, this is of its time, you know. If that happened now in the WWE, there'd be lawsuits and people would be cancelled and hashtags. And- I'm surprised our show manages to get up on YouTube each week. If by the way, if it's ever missing for a certain week, it's because us talking about the late '90s made it not get up there, not because Dara didn't do something. <laughs> when really, it's my fault. <laughs> uh, okay, so the welcome next- people who've been following my channel for. 12 years and have no idea what this random show is you're very very welcome you are very welcome like give us money uh, <laughs> <laughs> um okay so the next the next match is the big show defeating the big boss man prince albert and viscera now this was a weird match because it literally came out of nowhere this is terrible <laughs> prince albert i get finally you know, all these years I've never actually seen a Prince Albert match, and all I had to do was see his get up, and I went, "Oh, now I get it." Yeah, that was the the whole gimmick. It just rolled out for you. He literally but, went, "We got a really hairy guy. What are we gonna do? Put him in mesh." See, the whole thing he was supposed to be like a piercer, Prince Albert, and he actually. Oh no, I'm people. aware of what. Yeah, thank you. And th- and that's what's in the little kit. That's the piercing kit. And like, well, wait, could you? See, I was I filled people in earlier about the Godfather and the hose. Could you explain to people what what Prince Albert is? I don't know. Would you recommend I, that our viewers Google it? On I, images? I, I know Prince Albert was a was a king or prince at some point in England. Well, you better. It's it's your next door neighbor. Yeah, I've, I I don't know. I wouldn't recommend googling it, but uh, I would. I would do image search for it. <laughs> anyway, we had Midian wearing 
Midian, lo- I felt sorry for him. St- why is this guy around? I'm so sorry. Please don't come kill me. But why is this guy alive and wrestling? The reason was because the ministry had broken up and the Undertaker was injured. So all the Ministry of Darkness was, to be fair, right? The ministry and the corporate ministry were like half the roster. But who? And nobody, I, don't and nobody under- like, I don't understand. Why does Midian exist? Because Midian was post was actually he was like brainwashed and like okay here's what we're gonna do we're no, gonna no, you're missing do- you're missing me why does Midian <laughs> have a contract and exist because WWE had a lot of filler before it turned the attitude there wait his, his stepfather was Ron Slinker I don't you just see and his mother was Lorna Slinker doesn't doesn't have a page used to have a page it got deleted from Wiki um I just this was some weird form of nepotism. I don't. No. De- Dennis Knight had been around for ages, right? So. Oh, why? Because he was he he just was a good hand. He had no. a lot to do. No. He had a lot to do. But anyway, <laughs> anyway. Oh, I don't even think. Oh, we haven't even got to naked Midian yet. You're in for a treat. That's that's in two thousand. That's that's thing. That's much. No, it is. That's much that's worse. Thing. It is a thing. That's not a thing. It is a thing. What, it's not a way. thing. You just wait. So basically at this point, as I said, a lot of the corporate ministry were kind of just left flowing because Russo was gone and Undertaker was gone. So <laughs> there was nothing to do. And uh, yeah, so that's why you're getting Median and Viscera and Big Boss Man just showing up doing random things. But we have to talk about this, right? <laughs> Big Boss Man's Sadly, this is what he's known most for now. So, Big Show's dad had died in real life. Oh yes, this is this is one of those big storylines that we've talked about. But it wasn't a storyline; it was real. His dad actually died. Wait, and really? It, yeah, and they turned it into a storyline. And not only did they turn into a storyline but Big Boss Man showed up at the fu- obviously the funeral this part was kayfabe the funeral he showed up at it and then Big Show jumped on the, the cop car and Big uh, Big Boss Man pulled the casket away and <laughs> so that's the part that I'm talking about that people always reference yeah. I didn't know that this was like real life I mean not real life but that this timeline wise was real life yeah. Oh, that's messed up. Yeah, that's why people. That's why it gets referenced all the time because this it's is like Katie up. Vick level bad. This might be worse. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is wow. This is why everybody. This is why the big boss man has such a horrible like stain on this year, which was not. Good I for did him. not. Who wrote? The, who was writing this show? <laughs> I I don't know, but I you know the hard boss man was the hard cartel holder at this point and uh yeah the big show just comes out and kills them all so this is up there with uh the charlotte flair promo about her brother yeah this is up I think- there with um oh my gosh who else was it that they cut a really not not tasty promo like right as the person died um this was like 10 years ago help my brain here dara yeah, it was David Recovering Flair. Wrestling. David Flair. No, 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 no. It, that one too. But this, um, another one. There was another instance. Comment in the section below if yeah, you remember the no. wrestler who died that got mocked on Rand, television. Rand, oh, oh Rand, Paul, the, the yeah, Paul so, Bearer, so the Paul Bearer here, stuff. There was Paul Bearer. There right. was Randy Orton mocking Eddie Guerrero. Um, yes. There's loads. There's loads of them. It's there's just what they many. do. Way too many. Way too many. It's what they do. They don't do it now, thankfully, but. You know, it's still a thing. Flair's the David Flair thing was only like three years ago, four years ago. Was it? Oh well, Jesus. Anyway, so after this, so obviously the Big Show and Bossman fight to the back, and after this is another thing that lives in infamy. In for me, so Kevin Kelly. I miss Kevin Kelly. He was great. He was one of the best WWE backstage people. Better than me and Jane. Just saying. Better than Michael Cole. You can leave. Sorry. Just leave the stream on. I'll finish. <laughs> He's better than, better than anyone else. He should, he should have got the robe instead of Michael Cole. Telling you. Kevin Kelly for life, yo. Well, you have to you have to call up Tori and ask why Michael Cole got the robe. 
Oh, Ooh, really? that's a reference back to a backstage segment. Oh, Look at me. I told course. you I'd, I'm making the segment relevant again. Oh, of course. So Triple H interrupts um, <laughs> in the most Triple H way possible. And, uh, you know, they, they fight for a little while. And he goes back. Austin remembers to pick up his hat. And they're running down the road. You noticed that? Yeah. I, I noticed that. You know why I noticed that? Because I went, something pre-tapes about to happen. <laughs> Oh, that's a very good point. You're right. Because there's a hard like pre-tape cut where it's like they shot it and then they go through the door and everything yes. changes. The light changes, the camera setup changes, everything. And the, the actor in me that knows continuity and watches for it in film and TV was like, something's going to happen right now because that was a really awkward grab of the hat. You could have just right. left it behind. You're right. That's a very good point. And then it's there's the fakest run of that car hit and run ever. Where this car, Austin just dives on the car, and uh, yeah, then drives away. Well, he did it for the Rock, and that's well, see, what matters. We, see, we didn't know that at this point, so that's what's weird for me watching this. Is I'm sitting there in my mind, going, "Okay, I know who's in the car. Supposedly, I know that it's for the Rock. Mm. I don't know who's going to win the main event. So in my head." I was convinced The Rock was going to win, and I was trying to figure out how Rikishi fit into this whole pay-per-view. This is how disjointed it was. This has to be a clear example of they had no plan when they shot this segment who was going to be in the car. They didn't. And I, I, I postulate here to you on today that because Jerry Lawler on commentary makes a claim that the person driving the car had blonde hair as if to point fingers at Billy Gunn, that and only that is the reason why it's Rikishi. It makes more sense than what they actually said. So this would obviously in storyline take Austin out for months and he'd return a year later at No Mercy, right? Which is a pretty cool match. We'll, you know, we've talked about that before. We will talk about it in the future as well. But it also opens the door for Austin to be gone. So this opens up the rise of Triple H and the rise of The Rock. Very important. This is the point that the WWE changes and becomes what you think it is. I would say that while Stone Cold is Steve Austin is probably my favorite wrestler of all time, or most impactful wrestler of all time for me. Um, He's like he's bigger than Hulk Hogan and deserves more praise than that. But I would argue, if it wasn't for this happening, the WWE wouldn't have reached its heights that it did. Two thousand is a very important year, and you'll see why. And this, it's it is solely because of the Rock and Triple H on the top of the card, but also with that, all the people. Wait, that more more Triple H at the top of the card. You mean we haven't finished covering that area yet? It's just coming into it. Good Lord. Now I understand why people come 2003 were not watching this product anymore. Yeah, well, you'll see, you're about to see like the best year of wrestling. Yeah, well, unfortunately, I'm really liking Triple H during this period. He's actually yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, so but this is what I mean. The Rock comes into it. You have Cactus Jack coming back. You have Mick Foley really going for it. The Undertaker returns with the American Badass, the influence of the Radicals, Jericho. It just all kind of hits in and it only happens because there's room made. So it was unfortunate that Austin, like this is pretty much like the end of Austin's career, really. Like he has another three years, but they're very slow and they're very different. Like he's going off in real life to get the next surgery that happened because of own heart. Walk out. Uh, no, this wasn't the walk. No, this was this was way before the walkout. It's not got. No, that's what I'm walkout. saying. What year is that? Two thousand three. Okay. Um, this is like way before. This is literally because of the. This was the, the neck. Paul driver. Yeah. yeah, the neck. This is the Paul driver thing that's just been building up for years. And uh, yeah, he's gone Thanks, for about a year. Thanks, Owen Hart. Ninety nine really was your year. Oh God. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Sorry for everyone who got offended by that. And we call Jerry Lawler reprehensible. I'm just trying to do my part. I'm Dave, deplorable. Dave doesn't care. He's like, yeah, whatever. I stand by it. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. So moving on. We have the next line. We have the next um the next match. And <laughs> I don't know, man. 
okay, what do you think of this China Jericho feud? Because it's okay. In hindsight, Hash, okay. Oh, sorry, go on. I'll let you. No, talk no, 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 no. I'll let you, please. Okay, okay. Well, I, I won't actually let you. This match was terrible. <laughs> no, not the match. Oh, the feud. I need I mean, to know. I need to see. I need to know what the the overall opinion of somebody who didn't grow up with this was. China's not attractive. I don't enjoy these matches. Yeah. Um, what What do you mean say? You got Miss Kitty standing out there next to her, which is a very poor choice on the part of whoever is doing this. China should not be contrasted against somebody like that. And I just, I was very disappointed. I thought that I was going to like China during her, like, quote unquote, prime. And we saw some good build up with Jared, even though I thought, you know, I just think she's really stiff. She's, I'm sorry. And when I say, you know, that, that comment, it's not even so much about her looks. It's more just about like this, the, the clear steroid usage. It just grosses me out. Hmm. Like her, it's just her, her makeup or whatever. It's just very bizarre. To, and I just, I, I don't like this. I thought this would be a good match because Jericho, Jericho does some insane things in this match. He does uh, like a top rope plancha diagonally to the outside of the ring which was gorgeous. Um, China messes up so much. Well, it's funny. There's a match coming up that's kind of like the bookend to this at the Royal Rumble. So put a pin in it. Royal Rumble 2000, it's kind of like there's a triple threat match and Jericho talks about in his book. Okay, but I'm done. Like at this point, I just want you to know right now at this point, like I've been watching the China build. I've been watching her get her IC win Mm. and I just don't, I want to be done with her. Don't worry. The, the end is coming soon with this Jericho feud. As I said, this the Royal Rumble sets up Jericho to start feuding with Benoit. Oh, and we did, to, get, we did get some of our Jerry Lawler Lawlerist with the Miss Kitty obviously, being out there. Obviously. And I don't know if I even blame him because that was... That's fair. That's yeah. fair. And uh, Jericho looks class in this, though, I must say. Like, the beard. Oh, my gosh. Yes. It's just like, that's a cool look. You know, I think that's the coolest Jericho ever looked. And remember, this is only like three months after he debuted so he's like properly like he just oozes main eventer already yeah he's properly putting over such such a cool like yeah Jericho's best years are obviously like ahead of him at this point but nothing makes me love Chris Jericho more than seeing him get pinned to a botched pedigree from the top rope I'm just Uh, like yay but the fact that he still took that move was you know, just shows you what he was willing to kind of do. As he said, take insane stuff, you know, but... But that's my problem. Like, I thought China was... Now, granted, I'm hmm. graced by modern WWE female wrestlers who are very, very talented. But I thought China was some amazing talent that was unstoppable in the ring no, from a Ch- standpoint. Chi- China she literally is just roided up and... China was just the first... Yeah. That's all. She Not was just, impressed. She was just the first woman to do all the things rather than to innovate, which would come many years later. But then that's the a great point. I'm so yeah. glad you pointed that way. China did it first, but she did not innovate. No. Innovation will come. But remember, after this point, from about 2003 to about 2017, 16 women's wrestling would be atrocious in WWE and women no. in general. Well, no. 2012? Yeah. 20, 15. Yeah, like that's what I mean. AJ but, came around. And, like, but that's still cool. very recent. Well, she was the first. She was the first of the females to actually be good. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like, it took, what, maybe 20 years? Well, because we had to watch the Bellas years. be in charge for <laughs> five years. But that's what I'm saying. You know, it's... Dude, I was on a wrestling news site this week and I saw a story that John Cena totally called Nikki Bella and I totally didn't click on the story so I don't know what the call was about. You did click on it, didn't you? I didn't. I honestly didn't. Like That's (laughs) that's literally how uninterested I was. Oh, fair. I I thought it was a bit. (laughs) No, no. If you you go on the sites, this app actually popped up as a YouTube video suggestion. It was like, your WWE News of the Week, John Cena calls Nikki Bella. And there were like three other things on there. And I, I skipped it. I didn't watch it. It's like, Fair. is that the clickbait? Is that how you're trying to get me? Fair. Um, but yeah, so China did win with, as you said, a botched pedigree um, from the top rope. Oh. 
and this would set up um, obviously further down the line. So we're still not done with the Jericho thing, but we're nearly there. Jericho will get his come up once he will get the IC belt very soon. So we're on. I say there. there are way too many low blows on this pay per view. I know we're only Dude, halfway through it. The pay per view is, you know, a you, low can tell, <laughs> you could tell they were just trying to run through it. And as I said, you know, it's not a bad show. It's just, it's just, so, it's like the definition of filler. You know, it really is just filler show. But there's so many things that you remember forever. Yeah, exactly. How can you have so, a filler pay-per-view that also <laughs> stays with you forever and has iconic moments? It's yeah. so bizarre. It's crazy. It has these crazy moments that you were, that, as you said, you know, they're iconic. But then the actual wrestling itself, you're like, man, what? What is this? <laughs> what am I watching? So yeah, the next match was just a, another cluster, an absolute cluster of, of uh, you know, but in the best way, as we said, the the other traditional Survivor Series matches have been kind of bad. This is cool because you have the Hardys, two cool who are incredibly over. They um, are fantastic in this yeah, match. Absolutely. The Hardys and the Hollies, all of which are, you know, they're young, they're fit, they're ready to go. And it's such a fun little match. It's so 15 minutes. It's the best thing on the card by a country mile. And um, who actually picks up? Oh, too cool. Too cool win. I know yeah. too cool win. I'm uh, saying too, I take the main too... event, though. That'd be better. This wasn't the best uh, thing. On the... This was a bit, yeah, was... this was the first half of this was incredibly sloppy. Yeah, it was. But that, I think the Hollies and too cool were kind of well together. So when he started functioning Hollies as a thing, well, it was yes. cool. Yeah. Now, this needs to be addressed. I've been saving this up. Like, I've been waiting all night to blow oh, this go on. one. Go on. So I set you guys up earlier with Lawler really diving into Terry Runnels and just how infatuated he was with Terry Runnels. And that is some of Lawler being his Lawleriest. Hmm. Some of the other Lawleriest, which at some point is just going to come out, like I'm talking about Hugh Laurie, is hmm. the way that Jerry Lawler talks about his son, which at this point I did not realize they actually were <laughs> acknowledging was his son because yes. Jim yes. Ross would actually talk to them um, about yes. that. And that commentary, by the way, deserves some mention. I'll get to that in a second. But so Jerry Lawler is marking out hard for Grandmaster Sexy. And I mean hard. Hold on. Can I just stop you? It's, yes. not, Grand, no, it's not Grandmaster Sexy. It's Grandmaster oh. Sexy. Okay. Well, you can. Get it right. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> JR. I appreciate that. But um, the point here being that. The commentary during this match lets yeah. you know that Jerry the King Lawler is definitely Brian Christopher's dad. Yes. And Brian Christopher starts dancing in front of Terry Runnels, who Jerry Lawler has been making comments about the entire night. And then he starts encouraging his son to be with the girl that he was making the comments about all night. And I'm sitting there as if you were going, what am I watching at I don't, this point? I don't like that. <laughs> it was like that creepy. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. It was so creepy. And these Again, are the kind of things okay. that I focus on when so, I make notes So what we shows. need to do is we need to like time travel and give these notes to Jerry Lawler so we can make the changes and be like, like Jerry Lawler, don't hit on a woman profusely and then set your son up with her. That's not what you should do during the course of the commentary of a pay-per-view. Imagine that little nine-year-old Dave is really confused. <laughs> Imagine you just, that was your job. It's like, well, what did you do today? Well, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. I don't know. I don't know how you go back to it. But I will say I did appreciate Jerry Lawler and Jim Ross as a commentary duo. Oh, they're great. At they're so good. During this they're night. Great. Yeah, um, great. Right before the main event, I'm just going to talk about it now. Right before the main event, there's a great line where Lawler and JR are just going back and forth. Because the storyline is that Jim Ross isn't really into these matches because his best friend, Stone Cold just got ran over and Jerry Lawler's questioning whether or not Jim Ross is really friends with Stone Cold. And I'm not sure what that was about. I'm sure that won't lead anywhere. And at one point, Lawler's just egging Ross on and Ross is just like, you're an idiot. And it just kept going. But there was something so real and so natural that to me, it kind of hit that chemistry point of this is why people love them as a team during this yeah. period too. Look, they were, they were one of the best teams. And to be fair, like even though all this stuff we say about Jerry Lawler which is 100% true by the way like you can't defend the stuff he says but I mean, it's still really entertaining 
particularly when you have Jerry Law or sorry, JR as a straight man. And it's still not as bad so. as Jeff Hardy's 450 splash. So <laughs> anyway, so the next match would be Was it not one. was it not terrible? It was. It was terrible. But again, but, but again, yeah. I like seeing it. Look, and I like the reaction by the commentators of what the heck is this move? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because again, like they're just they're the Hardys are pretty much from anytime you see them in the ring with Edge and Christian, they're going out to steal the show. Yes. And that ends in really amazing ways, but also explains why all the other things happen in the future. Because you're like, well, look yes. at all the things you did. <laughs> you know, it's like, I think it's, about that in the back of my mind. I'm yeah, like, don't. Is this one of the, it's hard don't. not to. Yeah, I know. But remember, just watch it as it happens rather than. Well, I, I did watch as it happens. And I thought it was really cool that they didn't even know that it was called a 450 splash. Of course not, because it's WWE. Right. Well, these know were very rare. Not... Yeah, of course. They... Well, remember, ECW was the thing, and WCW was the thing. Mike Tanay was not on the show, and neither was Joey Styles. People who I, knew I the understand names that, matches, but I'm just so saying the the that you, you have Jeff Hardy do a 450 splash in the, I don't know, not the co main event, but three matches for the main event of the night. You have to do a 450 splash on a Survivor Series pay-per-view. And the, the crowd's like, holy cow. The commentators are like, what on earth was that move? They replay it in, in an astonishing way. They don't even know what to call it. And then you fast forward to 2016, 2017, and AJ Styles does a springboard 450 to the outside and puts Dean Ambrose through a table. Like, I can't comprehend that progression in my head. Like, I still can't believe they let Styles do that move. And I guess I figured out a way to get him into this pay-per-view somehow. But well, would you know? Would you know that Styles would appear in WWE about five years later on Velocity? I did. Four know years that. later. I yeah, did know so. that. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to this tag team match, the New Age Outlaws versus Mankind and Al Snow, who were teaming at this point. And you know this, this this really tugged at my heartstrings, Dara. As Jr. said, mankind gave Al Snow head back on Thursday on SmackDown, yes. and it was phenomenal. And I I was really happy that so, Al Snow got head again. So for the listeners, head is a mannequin. Mannequin head, yeah. Mannequin head. Exactly. Would you? What, it's, were no, you? it's nothing else. <laughs> what were so. you? It, it, that's all. That's all I was saying. It's something to make it to aware. Keep our show rated for kids, Dara. What's wrong? Absolutely, with absolutely. So yeah, this is pretty why our much, shows don't get posted. <laughs> pretty straightforward match. The New Age Outlaws would win. Uh, you know, Mick Foley has terrible luck going against the Outlaws. It really does. Yeah. It never go, never goes well with the Outlaws. No. Um, really doesn't. So what would happen as a result of this? Um, I like we the snowplow, by the way. It's worth mentioning. I think it's, it's a really right. cool looking. Move. It's a cool move. Like Alsno should have gotten better in his career, but you know he and also like, he should have. And I also like how indignant Jr. and Lawler are anytime somebody comes near their announce table. Like they well, do actually, not want people getting thrown through it, and I love that. No, uh, my favorite moment is you know the jerks that are behind them the whole night. And oh, the, the um, you're talking about the kid, yes, yeah. such a little jerk ass. <laughs> Do it, I, you know. If I if we both watched pay per view, we didn't talk about this beforehand, and that kid stays stands out in my mind too. Yeah, yeah they're trying to be all sad about, <laughs> about Stone Cold, and he's just going crazy by balling. But I love the fact, <laughs> I love that the security guard comes over and he's like, Here, go away, stop. The security guard, like wearing the the um, the yellow vest, that hat. Thing. Well, the yellow, not, not just him, but who was the one wearing the black cap? Um, oh, they're not called fedoras. Oh, they wear them in Ireland. Um, oh, the the the, the paw cap. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, why was the security guard wearing that? I don't know. I don't know. Don't know. But I just love the fact that you're like, you know, the lack of respect for like all, any of it. They're just like, well, oh, they don't know gonna... what they're talking about on commentary. To be fair, to yeah, be but fair. yeah, but they probably saw it and they're like, oh, Austin's probably dead, and it's just like, oh, hey, we're all here. It's just like, oh man, you're such jerks. Not the best move. You'd never see that. Well, obviously, like you wouldn't see it now because there's no. There's no one there, but like you wouldn't see it like 
ever. Like, imagine that you're watching Raw and like all the kids are just annoying them. Like, it's not you just wouldn't say it. It's it's so no, funny because they sell those tickets for like three thousand bucks a pop now. So yes, well, this is probably why it's like I oh, keep the keep the rabble away, you know. So this no. is it's <laughs> probably exactly why you know. <laughs> um, but unless you're in Saudi Arabia and then you know they just have them, they give tickets away for free, but. I don't know, does that work the same? I don't know. Guys, if let us know. Does that help work in Crowd and Show? I don't know. But uh, yeah, this is when you could buy tickets and just be a jerk ass in the in the booth. So he was. And so was his mates. I don't I don't know, I don't know which one was worse. Every time I watch it, I'm like, which one here is more annoying? And <laughs> which one would I be if I was in production going, please stop? <laughs> You're ruining Just the please whole. Please cut thing. away. You're killing you're ruining, our. You're, you're killing our shots. Thing. Yeah, you're ruining the whole thing. Oh man, I think your man over on the left is funnier. Where he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, 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 was, he was cracking me up. Yeah, he was so funny. Okay, so obviously, as a result of what happened when Austin, the Big Show, randomly is in the match for the main event, right? Not obviously. I didn't see it coming. Surprised the heck out of me. Well, it's obvious that's random. Like. It's like, why is he here? Oh, there he is, you know? I just, this was one of those moments that I loved where Lawler and Ross oh, were trying actually, to set on. this match hold up. On. Hold on, there's one second, right? So, so the, the kid later on shows up with a sign, right? Aaron, I want steak. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot he did that. Yeah, so, you know, he just shows up and walks across the whole thing. I'm trying to read what it actually says. So, yeah, obviously they're still talking about Austin and that, right? But then yes. the same kid just shows over and he's like, that's it. Aaron, I want a steak. Well done. And then oh. security gives out to him. And he looks really do. guilty. Yeah. As you do. Uh, um, I, uh, anyway, I wanted to say leading up to this main event, I love the commentary between Ross and Lawler. It's dysfunctional, but they're just trying to get across the point that Vince McMahon is no longer going to be the special guest referee and Austin's no longer yeah. in the match but for some reason yeah. they can't get that line out yeah I think they're, they're playing up like how chaotic it is because obviously Vince is in backstage and they're all they're running around so but and there was, was no so tr- real I like this it worked well, there's no tr- yeah there was no true line at this point as well they, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they made this up on the night you know because again like Big Show's dad did actually die so mm. It's like, okay, it makes sense. But here's a question I have on this. If Big Show wasn't in this match, right, would you have been happy with his performance in the show? Because I remember watching and thinking that was kind of lame. But then when he came out in this match, I was like, oh, okay. Makes more I sense. I thought that Viscera should not have been the last one eliminated because mm. of the sell of the clothesline. Yeah. I mean, not the clothesline, the, uh, the, the choke, choke slam from hell. Yeah. Um, that being said, oh my gosh, he gets Midian, who's a huge dude, up really high. And so I didn't mind having a squash match for a Survivor Series match. Because, see, I didn't know that this is what it was culminating to. Mm. So in the gist of things, I actually thought that it worked. And the spot during the main event where Big Show takes that suplex through the announce table. And I'm yes. pretty sure Triple H gets killed <laughs> during the performance of this move. Um really stood out to me so i don't know i liked it it was cool it was cool um i think big show was his most dominant here than he's ever been he really looks like a monster when did he come over to wwe he was only there since february of 1999 so this is still this is still his rookie year so he's still rather green with the way wwe works but he was so fast he looked great um and yeah man like this would be this would probably be the highlight of his career for a very long time you ever forget how big someone is when we're talking about the giants of wwe because no. i forget how big big show is until i no. saw him clutching the title at the end of because... this match and i realized that the championship title is the size of his fist and then i felt like a very small man no i will never forget how big the big show or kane actually are because i've seen them in real life well, so have i but yeah i know but we have no reference for that because Irish people are not the tallest. So oh, okay. That's fair. we're like, we're like, well, okay, you guys are gigantic. 
<laughs> I forget about it. I mean, I had that same reaction the first time I saw Randy Orton in real life. But Randy Orton I, looks weird. Like in does. a ring. When you see him, he's very long and strange and you're like very long. But when you, you see him in real life, you're like, oh wow, you're huge. Yeah, but um, that's but what I my mean. Point, my point very, though, hold on. My point yeah, sorry, with Big but, Show is the size of his fist when he's holding that championship belt, he legitimately looks like a giant. And I guess this was where now this is where I'm going to create a storyline that doesn't exist. I guess this is where is the storyline of Big Show being a famous crybaby starts? No. Kinda. Because he's weeping. Yeah. Kinda. It's complicated. We'll get to it when, when, it, when it's brought up. Um, it has its own storyline. Like... Eventually, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a strange... I know it does in like 2011 or something. Yeah, it's, you know, I don't know. But I remember thinking as a kid with this... I was going back, obviously watching it as an adult, you're like, all right, fair enough. But watching it as a kid, I was thinking, ah, oh, the big show kind of makes no sense and looking looking back at it 20 years later i'm like oh big show okay <laughs> See, but i liked it because for me i never actually i know big shows won the world championship a bunch of times in mm. every company he's been in you know he's one of the few to have the wcw or the wwe and the ecw i'm aware of this but i didn't actually know what his first wwe title win was so this game was a oh. big shock to me oh wow. i fully okay. anticipated that The Rock was going to win this match based on what I know of WWE history. Because no. Rikishi did it for The Rock. Why did he do it for The Rock? The Rock didn't win. Now I'm confused. DX wasn't behind the <laughs> run over. I don't know. So I'm trying to make sense of this. And I so I'm thinking two things in my head. Okay, Rock wins because Rikishi runs over Stone Cold. Or Triple H wins because Dara picked the pay-per-view. So <laughs> it was going to be one of those two things. So I was genuinely surprised by the result. And it seemed like Big Show genuinely cared about winning the championship. And sometimes we forget about that in the midst of everything else. I agree. Uh, I, look, I think this show was very strange. It had a lot of weird moments. The matches could have been better, but the actual moments that we walk away from are moments that you'll never forget. And obviously still have echoes 20 years later. You know, as I said, it's important for people that are watching this show and listening to it that these are the moments that define your current product these are the moments we'll remember for all our lives <laughs> and on that point dave what would you give this pay-per-view of um this was a so uh, wow before we reviewed it i was going to give it a solid b and now i'm going to give it a c because we've kind of torn it apart yeah um, but in a good way in a in good, good way, way. Yeah. I, I don't but, think uh, it was negative but i think I, it's i think it's wise to do it that way yeah i'd give it a solid c too um the, the matches aren't great. They have some cool moments, um, but overall, it's a it, it's a pay per view that if it was on today, I would watch and not feel bad about it. I wouldn't feel like annoyed. I'd be like, oh yeah, whatever, it was fine. <laughs> but you know, I wouldn't say, oh, you have to watch this show because you know your life's going to change. But then again, there are moments in it that are very important. The if next you're watching, show, if you have to watch something, hmm. and you have these three pay per views in a row that we've covered. Uh, Survivor Series, Rebellion, and um, SummerSlam. I, I, or no, what, what was, what was after SummerSlam? Unforgiven. Yeah. No Mercy. I'm sorry. Yeah. Whatever we watch. Anyway, the point yeah. was, Rebellion's probably the one to watch. It's yeah, fun. Not so many people have seen it. Uh, Survivor Series for the storylines, for sure. No Mercy for the wrestling. Absolutely. I think that's fair. And the next one in the story, in the, in this kind of 1999 run is Armageddon, which you're going to really like. Uh, it's going to blow Am your I? mind. Yes, absolutely. It's like very this. good. It's one of my favorite pay-per-views. Um, and it's really good. So, Oh, no, not... I read the result. <laughs> did, you ever, did you really? Yeah, it was on Wikipedia. It was in the aftermath. But I scrolled up. Oh, that's okay. Just it's yeah. Okay, but I saw it. Now Don't. I'm questioning why he's in the main event. Don't watch anymore. Oh, because of the... Now it makes sense. Oh, okay. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Not yet. Not yet. So okay. what I'd say is... Um, because oh, Survivor Series... <laughs> so Survivor Series is next week. So, like, actual no, Survivor not. Series. Oh, you mean... Yeah, actual Survivor Series. Turning points next week. Turning Survivor point is Series week. is the week after that. Yeah, Turning Point is this week. Survivor Series is the right. week after. Right. So what we're going to do is we are going to... Um, 
we're going to talk about I think we'll cover we'll obviously talk about Turning Point next week and then the week after that we'll talk about Survivor Series and then we'll get back into the run of the show uh, I think at that point then we'll go into Armageddon yeah what was I supposed to add a bumper there I thought no, no, I thought, you're, I thought you were wrapping things up well, okay I mean, so is there anything you want to plug before we get out of here yeah um, follow me on Twitter at the Dave Stevens please please yes do hashtag save Dave hashtag save Dave <laughs> Again, guys, if you want to, uh, if you like what we do here, please support the channel. Um, that would be great. Either or, either or uh, preferably the wrestling rewind. Um, check us out on Phoenix 92.5 FM. We are all over where all podcasts can be found and made available. Spotify, iTunes, all that good stuff. And we'll be back next week here to talk about Turning Point here on the Wrestling Rewind. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. 